Welcome to another edition of Mormonland. I'm Managing Editor Dave Noyce, and I oversee the Salt Lake Tribune's faith coverage. I'm joined again by Senior Religion Reporter Peggy Fletcher-Stack. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Dave. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints return to in-person worship after more than a year of COVID-19 restrictions, the question has become, which pandemic-era changes should stay and which should go? Will members who are homebound or don't feel comfortable in crowds still be able to watch services via Zoom? Will extra health precautions like hand washing by deacons continue? Will anyone wear masks again, especially during flu season or when germs are prevalent? Rebecca Jensen, a longtime blogger with By Common Consent, wrote recently about those questions and more. She joins us today via Zoom from her home in Oregon to talk about post-pandemic Mormonism. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. So let me ask you, how long did your Latter-day Saint Ward go without any online church? Uh, we, been, we went about six months without anything, uh, maybe five months. Uh-huh. Um, the in Oregon, we were uh, pretty locked down tight for a while. And so the restrictions didn't uh, make it feasible for us to do anything in person. And um, I think that uh, the leadership was just waiting to, you know, I don't think they were expecting it to go on as long as it did. But um, around August, uh, they announced that they were going to start doing some um, so. That they had just previously, they just, you know, said you can do sacrament at home and do, do your come follow me, home worship, do whatever you like. And um, and so that's what everyone was doing. And then in August, they announced that they were going to start doing like a, a sacrament meeting broadcast, with just um, some speakers and just, you know, as few people as it took to do that at the church building and at the time, I thought to myself, who who asked for this? <laughs> like that that doesn't sound uh, appealing at all. You know, you it doesn't have any of the good parts of church. You can't sing. You can't uh, you're not taking the sacrament. And so what's even the point of having, you know, just the talks, you know. Um, but, you know, I. I learn from some other people from um, family members and some friends who are in leadership in other wards. And they told me that um, they have people in their wards who haven't been to church in ages hmm. and who were logging on to um, the remote church service. And, um, and I found that fascinating because to me, it's, you know, as I said, it doesn't seem at all appealing to just watch church and, you know, got not get any of the other stuff out of it. But um, apparently it was appealing to a lot of people. Um, who, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, too. Yeah. So, but, but once the Zoom sacrament meetings began, what did you like about it? Um, well, I liked not having to uh, get up and get dressed and go drive down to church. I liked not having to actually get out of bed at all, to be honest. I mean, I watch it on my phone half the time and just, you know, in bed. And um, and it wasn't, you know, obviously not a big time commitment. It just goes for about a half hour or so. And then that's church. And like, that's cool. You know, I still have to say, I don't think because we had a lot of um, technical difficulties too so you know about a third of the time i would say you know that the talks were only coming in every other word <laughs> and so um <laughs> when it did work it, it was nice um it still wasn't it, it still didn't feel like church to me 
But um, as I said, other people, other people felt differently. So could you talk just a little bit more about what you feel is lost? I mean, you mentioned some things, um, but, but what's lost with Zoom Church? Like what are the disadvantages? Well, I think it's mostly just uh, the, you know, for me, it was, you know, at first, especially with people still wearing masks and everything, eventually they did start singing hymns, but, you know, everyone's got their masks on. And so it's like, rah, 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 you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's I, I'm like, I don't know what the point of this is, but we're doing it because it's, it's part of church. And so that was kind of amusing. Um, it's, I don't know, to me, I, Personally, I just I like being in the church. I like, you know, singing. The the music is my one of my favorite things about the sacrament meeting. And um, I don't and, and you're not taking the sacrament, um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's just kind of like a general conference. We watch general conference and it's, it's not the same. It's mm-hmm. just it's talks. And um, I guess the, the quality it. If it's a really good talk, then that's good. And if it's not so much, then, and, you know, that, it was just what it was. <laughs> so I think, um, and and for me, most of all, I'm able to socialize with people, not seeing people, you know, your fellow board members there. Um, to, to me, that's, that's why I go to church. It's to be with the rest of the community. But um you know, I, I recognize that not everyone really feels a part of their ward community for whatever reason. And so maybe that's not a thing that they miss. But for me, it's a it's a big deal. Uh, so, Rebecca, on your blog, the blog you wrote for Buy Common Consent, you wrote about a handful of changes that the pandemic forced on the church. Um some that you would like to see become permanent. Can you uh, tell us some of those and and why you want them to stay? Yeah, I, um, first of all, I mean, I think uh, everybody is interested in increased hygiene procedures. I don't see any downside to that. Um, I think people have always been, you know, people who are more conscientious about germs in the first place have always been kind of icked out by everyone (laughs) putting their hands in the sacrament tray. And, you know, um, it's never bothered me, but, you know, if, if, this is like the first time people were routinely washing their hands before preparing the sacrament. I'd certainly like that to continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, just these basic hygiene procedures and more conscientiousness around that. I think everyone would appreciate that. I don't think anyone would mind. Um, the other thing is that, um, you know, with the, the broadcast church, um, the, the church meetings were a little bit shorter. And I think that's also great. And I don't think it's just my laziness, but, um, well, maybe it is, but I guess I think it's not, uh, laziness isn't that bad. I don't know. Um, you know, I think our ancestors probably listened to like four hour sermons and and they loved it. And uh, we're not that righteous, I guess. But, um, I, I think that 40 minutes is, is about right for a worship service. It doesn't need to be that long. Um, and I, remember having little kids and just thinking, you know, back when it was 70 minutes long and thinking, Oh my gosh, nothing good can happen in these last 10 to 15 minutes. Why are we even doing this? Um, So I think, I think shorter is a little bit better. Um, And, but what I really um, liked about the new 
um, form of the service. When we were doing it for a broadcast, um, we did everything except for the sacrament um, first and for the broadcast. And then once the broadcast was finished, you know, after we'd had the closing prayer, then we would do the sacrament. And I found that to be really um, uh, enjoyable, I guess. Um, I found it more meaningful uh, to, because we've been doing the sacrament at home and um, that was nice that we we had that privilege to do that. Um, but it, it wasn't the same as going into church and and being in the chapel and receiving it that way. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that we were able to have it at home, but at the same time, there's something about doing it as a community that um, that I had missed. But I really appreciated that we had gone through all of our worship just with the the music, such as it was with the masks um, and the speakers and the talks. And then we had sort of built up to, well, here is the um, what we're really here for, which is the sacrament. And um, obviously the people at home weren't experiencing this, but at the building, I that was one of um, the more meaningful sacrament meetings to me was that first meeting, just um, having it there at the end and feeling that, um, yeah, that was the reason why I came. And I've often thought that um, the way we structure our sacrament meeting, we have this, having the sacrament like there in the middle, sort of, it, it just tends to feel more like a, another item of business rather than, you know, what we're actually building up to. Um, or the whole reason why we have the meeting in the first place. I was talking about it with a friend of mine who, and um, he said, well, yeah, the, the sacrament is the headliner. So, you know, you don't usually have the headliner like perform in the middle of the, <laughs> of the, um, of the concert. You usually have them at the end. And so I thought that was a, a succinct way to put it. You know, it, it makes sense to me to have it at the end. Other people might disagree. They might think, well, my, fussy kid here is really out of patience and I don't want to have the sacrament at the very end, but I think it's worth considering personally. Um, you, you know that lots of other Christian faiths have built up to communion being the last, the last thing. Yeah. I've, I've attended other church where that um, not often because communion do, doesn't necessarily happen for them every week. Right. But, um, when they do, it's a big deal. So like in Catholic mass, that's what, right. The, yeah, I haven't ever been to a Catholic mass, but that's that's my understanding. So do you think uh, everyone will come back to in-person church? Um, I don't think everyone will. I think it. Um, that this is my third thing that I hope um, stays permanent is is the broadcast, because um I don't know. I said, I don't think everyone will come back to church. I think in our person, our ward, most of the people that I spoke to over, well, over that five months where we had absolutely nothing, um, you know, we spoke to a lot of different ward members, you know, meeting them, you know, running into them in the neighborhood on our many daily walks, which were our only form of entertainment for some time. <laughs> We'd, um, talk about, uh, oh, how are you doing? How's it going? Uh, you know, 
absolutely nobody missed going to church. <laughs> and it wasn't because of like, ugh, church. These are all people who are active and, you know, if you, you know, and it was just nice having that little break, I guess, you know, because church can feel very busy, especially with all the callings and, you know, the stuff you have to do on Sunday and then during the week and then everything was canceled. And it was like, OK, it was just nice to breathe for a little while. Um, but I think most of the people in our ward who were active before will will come back eventually. Um, there are some people who um, there are some people who for health reasons, they're not quite comfortable coming back. That's, um, you know, just a pretty small number of people at this point, I think. But um, I, I think most of the people who, who were coming before will will come back. There are probably a handful of people who are taking this time to like reevaluate their relationship with the church. And I know that uh, some people have decided, you know, this is kind of a good time for me to step back and they may not come back. Um, but I, for in our ward, I think most people are coming back so, because they, they miss the in-person things um, that you can't experience online. So you talked about some of the drawbacks, of course. I think you called it Zurch, right? Zoom and right. church combined Zurch. Um, you talked about, you know, some of the drawbacks, but but you would like to see this continue. Uh, explain why, again, you've articulated it a little bit, but you would like to see it continue anyway. Uh, explain why you think that is. Well, obviously, there are people who have been... Um, Obviously, people who, for health reasons, they um, don't feel comfortable coming back yet. And there have always been people who have not been able to come to church because of um, because they're ill or they're, they're just unable to um, physically. And I think it's great that we have that option for them to at least watch the service, even if they can't participate in the community aspect. And I think that's probably been a godsend for those people who have been wanting to come to church, but just haven't been able to. And I know that they appreciate it. Um, I think it, it would be a good thing to continue just for those people. But um, there are also folks who, uh, like my friends and family have alluded, um, people who haven't come to church in ages, um, for whatever reason, who were logging on to the zoom meet church meetings. And, um, I was genuinely surprised by that obviously, but, um, there are lots of reasons that people don't come to church and it isn't always just, eh, I'm done with church. I just don't want to do that. Um, you know, there are people who, because of their work schedules, it makes it difficult to get up on a Sunday, get dressed and go to church. And it's, you know, they don't feel comfortable coming in their work clothes or, you know, and and there are other people who, um, for you know, if it's been a while since they've been, they feel they don't they feel kind of awkward about returning, and maybe not quite up to facing all of the social aspects of returning and people not knowing who they are and you know, uh, not knowing how to interact with people. And I, I, as a person with social anxiety, I totally relate to that. Um, I feel at home in my church community, but if, you know, if it were something that was sort of uncomfortable for me or I didn't know many people there, um, I, I can understand why um, I, you know, people might rather watch it, you know, 
remotely and then at least get that sort of a connection to um, church and, and some kind of um, fellowship that way. I, you know, obviously people are watching it. So um, I, I think that we should continue offering it for those people who um, don't feel comfortable coming in for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Sort of a hybrid is what you're saying. Yeah. So um, uh, we recently wrote about and your blog didn't necessarily touch on this, but I do want to know what you think about this, that, that there's no, no like federal health law that prevents bishops from asking members whether they have been vaccinated. Um, what would you like to see wards and branches, the LDS congregations do about vaccinations? Um, well, yeah, this is kind of a sore point, even in our ward, I think. I don't, um, there are some people who are definitely not planning to be vaccinated. Most people, I think, are, um, have been vaccinated and, um, are, are happy to ditch the masks. Everybody's happy to ditch the masks, I think. Um, but there are some people who aren't returning for the reason that they don't feel comfortable, um, you know, maybe with their kids um, who can't be vaccinated or just because they don't quite trust the people um, to wear a mask if they haven't been. We, we do have people who are still wearing masks and coming. Um, I think it's kind of, uh, I don't know, I think it's kind of a tricky question because I, I'm pro-vaccine completely and I, you know, wish more people would get the vaccine. Um, in Oregon, we're actually doing pretty well, at least in, in our county, for um, getting people vaccinated. But um, but I, I, I kind of sympathize with people who are a little reluctant, um, mainly people who are reluctant to give it to their kids. Um, my kids have been vaccinated, but I can understand why people would be a little bit reluctant. I, I think it's hard because you want church to be safe for everybody. But at the same time, I I'm kind of uncomfortable with, you know, people like checking your vaccination cards at the door. It doesn't feel very much like church. Mm-hmm. Um, in our word, they encouraged us, you know, if you've been vaccinated, please, um, you know, send a copy of your vaccination card to the ward clerk, which, you know, everyone did. And, um, but, uh, and I think that's appropriate. But um, if you police it too much, it, it, then it starts to feel like an unwelcoming, not not kind, not quite like church. So, um, I, but it is hard. I understand people's frustration with that. So, what do you think the pandemic revealed about the place of single women women in the church, especially, you know, relating to the the sacrament? Yeah, well, um, I'm not sure it revealed anything new, which is that um, the church doesn't really serve the needs of single women very well. I mean, individual boards can and individual people, um, depending on your community. But um, but as an institution, the church does, is, doesn't give a lot of thought to single people, particularly single women who don't have um, they don't have the priesthood. They can't bless their own sacrament. Um they and they, they, you know, if they want to have their sacrament blessed, they they had to reach out to their ministering brothers or someone other, a man from church, and they would have to like invite them, you know, to their home to sac to bless the sacrament. And even with precautions taking place, uh, I can understand why they wouldn't be comfortable with that if they were trying to avoid, you know, interacting with people. And so, um, 
that that was really um, it, it really sort of emphasized how, how little people think about, you know, the problems of single women and what their needs might be. Um, that's and like I said, we were um, fortunate in our family. I, I have three priesthood holders, you know, uh, we have, you know, two sons who could do the sacrament together. And then, you know, my husband could even preside. We even had a, a separate presider. Um, but, you know, not everyone is so fortunate. <laughs> what about the, how the temple practices have changed? Are you aware of some of the stuff that that they did as, as are opening up temples? And would you like to see some of those continue? You know, our Temple just entered stage three, and we haven't been back since then. Um, we we did. My son left on a mission, um, uh, you know, last summer, and we so we were able to go through the temple with him. But it, I mean, it literally, it was just us. Um, so I'm not sure all of what they've changed because of COVID. Well, clearly smaller groups, right. uh, more uh, for a while there was, uh, you could only do work for yourself, your own family, lives, ceremonies and stuff like that. Health, pra- you know, sanitary practices. And um, well, I, as I said, I think um, increased sanitation is always like good. <laughs> increased mm-hmm. hygiene practice. I mean, yeah, more careful about hygiene. I'm I'm totally in favor of that. So I do not mind, you know, sanitizing my hands, you know, many times during the temple. That won't bother me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember when we when we did that with, during the my son's endowment session. You know, we my husband and I were the witness couple, and we were literally like sanitizing our hands every time we <laughs> got up and down. And it was kind of funny, but um, at the same time, you know, no skin off my nose to sanitize my hands. Um, smaller groups, I think, are always nicer in the temple, personally. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm aside from that, I, I don't I don't have a lot of strong feelings about that because I, I haven't experienced um, much of the post uh, post covid temple. So, Rebecca, are there any other changes um you would like to see that maybe have become obvious during the COVID-19 break? Well, I think it's great that um, people are able to um, like have their Zoom baptisms for um, family members who couldn't travel. Obviously, nobody could Mm. travel, but I mean, there have always been um, people who couldn't make it to a family event like a baptism or or an ordination. And um, I think, I think that was really nice to be able to have that option to, I, we watched several zoom baptisms mm-hmm. and I'd like to um, keep doing that. Um, and I, I don't know what all the, you know, logistics around that are, but I, I, I don't think it takes anything away from the baptism to be able to, um, you know, just have it broadcast. That way, uh, so the people can watch it. Um, my, I was just wanted to go back and say, my son, um, when he had his missionary farewell, he, um, this is a, going back to sacrament meeting broadcasts. Um, he, he not only was able to 
invite family members and friends from all over the country to who couldn't travel to, to watch his farewell talk. But he also invited several of his um, friends from school who weren't members of the church to watch it. And, and some of them did. And I think that they wouldn't have necessarily responded to, um, you know, an invitation to come to church and watch him uh, watch his talk, because like there's a social uh, barrier there. If you're not familiar with um, with a church and how, how worship works there, it might be kind of uncomfortable. Um, you know, like if you're going there for the first time. Like, what do I wear? Uh, what am I supposed to be doing? What's going to happen? Um, and this was just, oh, here's a link. You can watch me give my mission talk. And, and they're like, sure, I can do that. And so it's really, um, that's a low barrier of entry there <laughs> to um, for people to become familiar with um, the church on a, you know, it, it, and it's low stakes. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to go anywhere. They just have to click on this link and they can watch and they can see what a, what a meeting looks like. They won't get the full effect, obviously, as if they were, you know, came in person, but um, it'll give them some idea of, of what, um, what our worship service is like. And maybe, you know, maybe they'll be interested, who knows, but um, I always think it's better to have um, some engagement with church than no engagement. And, um, one of the um, comments uh, on my blog post, um, somebody said, oh, this this will just having, you know, remote church will just ruin the community aspect um, of church and people will just want to, you know, stay home and watch in their pajamas. And first of all, I I don't think it's true that most people will just choose to stay home in their pajamas, people who were coming before. And um the other thing is, you know, if they are, then, you know, obviously the problem is that they find staying home in their pajamas more compelling than actually going to church and experiencing church as a community. And and that's what needs to be fixed, I think. It's not that we need to, like, have fewer choices so they don't have the choice of staying home in their pajamas, but maybe um, we need to be um, fellowshipping them more and making church uh, a more, you know, appealing place for them to be. Um, but in, in the meantime, um, if people want to stay home in their pajamas, or you know, if there's some other, you know, what you might think more worthy reason for them to um, be at home rather than at church, you know, we should uh, just meet people where they are and, and give them something to give them something to um, experience as church rather than, you know, nothing. You come to church or you don't come to church. Can uh, ask one more question as we wrap up, Rebecca? Um, and it's somewhat related to what we just talked about, but uh, maybe more expansive. What do you think members ultimately should take away from this pandemic? What, what it's really um, drawn attention to um, how strong our communities are or how not strong they are because um, if people are it's really hard to to maintain these social connections um, during the pandemic and not being able to meet together on a regular basis Um, you have to go out of your way to sort of and come up with creative ways to 
keep talking to people and and fellowshipping them and and meet people's individual needs. Well, Rebecca Jensen, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Be well and stay safe, okay? Oh, thanks. You too. And thanks to Peggy Fletcher Stack. Always a pleasure. And to our producer, Chris Samuels. We remind our listeners that they can keep up on all the happenings in and about the church by subscribing to the Sully Tribune's free Mormonland newsletter. Just go to sltrib.com to sign up, and we'll talk again next time on Mormonland. <laughs>